Thank you so much, uh, Tim, for sharing. And, you know, all of us have a journey. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to listen to how God has worked in the lives of people. How God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Now, I wonder, how many of you have plans? How many of you have plans today? I'm sure we all have plans. We got things that we need to do. We're going to probably go out to lunch, grab something, or do DoorDash, and we're going to sit around and watch the Bengals. Hopefully, they're going to win it today, right? A great game there. Yeah, some clapping. And uh, we got other things we're going to do. Hopefully, we're going to observe the Sabbath, and we're going to rest, and we're going to worship the Lord, of course, today. Uh, but there's things that we have plans to do, to get our flu shot, to vote, to all these kinds of things that we plan to do that are on our list. But isn't it true that sometimes the joy in life comes from unexpected situations? It, isn't it true that oftentimes the joy in life comes through the unexpected, like a lesson that my family learned here a few years ago? They made a plan to go to Disney. As it turned out, I couldn't go with them on this trip, some extended family. And uh, they left from Port Columbus. And it started out really kind of strange at the beginning because as soon as they took off at Port Columbus, they lost an engine on the airplane. And they flew around Columbus for like an hour to jettison fuel. And finally, when they landed, they thought that every emergency vehicle in Franklin County was there. And it took a lot of courage to get back on the airplane. But when they got down to Orlando, something really strange took place. They got in a rental car. And as soon as they got on that busy highway down there, something started to move in the car. And of course, you're thinking, it's a snake. Or maybe it's a lizard. But no, guess what? It was a giant toad. And suddenly, it got spooked, and it started leaping all over right out in the car. And they said for 10 minutes, it was a real-life Mr. Toad ride. So chaotic. Now, everything was planned. All the transportation, all of the meals, all the hotel, all the park, everything was lined out. The itinerary was sent, and everything else went fine. But you know what we remember? We remember that one crazy incident, that rental frog situation... And we still think about it. It's still kind of the joy, the unexpected that kind of happens to us in life. Some of the best things in life are unscripted. And the point I want to make to you today is that sometimes our plans are not God's plans. And I don't mean that we're going to look for a snake or a lizard or things to jump out on our lives. I'm simply making the point that sometimes our best made plans is not really what God has in store for us. Sometimes our plans are not God's plans, and that's why it's so important for us to get connected to God. It's so important. That's why we're in this series right now. We're calling it God, I Need You. And don't you agree that we need God? Especially, friends, in this pandemic. I think we've all taken a, a deep breath, and we've kind of stepped back for a moment to realize, wow, life in large part is out of our control, and we need God in our lives. Now, as you grow older, questions in life get tougher and harder. I mean, this is obviously true at school, isn't it? Because a 12th grade test is not the same as taking a first grade test. 
really a lot easier, right? But I mean even more than that. I'm talking about life. And I'm really talking about life in its essence. I'm talking about real spiritual issues. And think about it. When you're a child and you're just starting off in life, the questions are, are pretty standard. Like, uh, Dad, uh, why is the sky blue? And where does the sun go at the end of the day? And how do trees grow? And questions like that. But then you get a little bit older and the, the questions start getting a little tougher. Like, you know, Mom... Why did grandma die? Mom, why didn't God make me prettier like this person? Or, you know, things like, why are my parents getting a divorce? And then when you get to adulthood, then the questions really start getting interesting and really difficult and pretty tough in life. Questions like, well, why can't I find somebody to love me? Or what went wrong in my marriage? Or what is life all about? What's the point of all this? Or where is God in this terrible suffering moment? So this morning, I want to give some attention to how I can know the will of God. How you and I can come to know God's plans and purpose for our life. How can you know what God wants you to do? And life, as you know, is a series of choices and decisions. And the decisions that you make are going to determine... Uh, you know, a lot about your life. If you make good decisions, chances are your life's going to turn out pretty good. If you make dumb decisions, chances are you're going to have some rocky roads ahead. It's really that simple. And because we are human and we're imperfect and we don't know everything that's going and coming and everything that's happening around us, we are apt to make some really bad decisions from time to time. We're apt to do some things. We're prone to failure. And this is the reason today, my friends, that you and I need God. Now, some of you, I'm sure, are facing some major decisions in your life right now. Questions like uh, your career, when's the time to retire? Or maybe it's about your marriage, or maybe it's something to do with one of your children, how you're going to discipline them, or how you're going to share with them or mentor them. Or maybe it's some other issue about your health, and you're just trying to sort out and determine what you need to do. And, you know, maybe there's all kinds of questions right now that you have swirling around and you don't know what to do. And you ask, do I hold on or do I let go? Do I give in or do I get out? Should I make a move or should I stand still? Those are all kinds of questions we all deal with all the time. And these are real issues. And even after we make uh, decisions, a lot of times, we second-guess ourselves, don't we? Anybody second-guess yourself? You just, you just kind of torture yourself. Did I do the right thing? Or I wish I would have said this, maybe things would have changed, and uh, the trajectory would have worked out a lot different. The Bible says that God wants you to know his will. And God's not playing a game here. He's not saying this is, uh, you know, Monty Hall, let's make a deal kind of thing. Paul is writing to us in one location in the scripture, and I'm going to lift that up for us today in the book of Ephesians. Just a couple of verses. Now, of course, Paul here in, in this chapter is uh, really speaking to these believers. He begins the book of Ephesians uh, addressing it to the holy and faithful people in Christ Jesus in Ephesus. 
And he gives all kinds of instructions here. And he's speaking here to these believers and to this church. And the first thing he says here is that you need to live your life with love here in chapter 5. He's encouraging uh, the, the believers, live in love. And then he says to live in the light. Live in the light of God. And the third thing he says here, not only to live in love and live in light, but live in learning. In other words, as he says here, knowing the will of God. So listen to these verses here that we find. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Wouldn't you agree that the days are evil? And therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of God is. God wants you to understand his purpose. God wants you to understand his plans and his will. And life is a journey. And so God has given us three things. One is God's given us a road map. I want to say to you, that's your owner's manual. We get these owner manuals when we purchase a car, but nobody ever looks at it. We throw it in the, in the glove compartment, and we take off. And this is a twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 automobile, and they tell you, make sure you read this stuff. But we never do it. We're so busy, we don't want to sit down and read this large volume, but God has given us a road map. We call it the Bible. A second thing that God has given to us is a compass. Did you know that? Your compass is your conscience to determine those moral values, to determine what's right from wrong. But a third thing God's given to us is the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, your counselor, your personal tour guide to help you. And, uh, you know, God says, I'm going to help you. I mean, after all, when you're lost in a desert, you're in a jungle, you are someplace on the planet you've never been before, it's better just to have a map. It's also great to have a personal tour guide, someone who's already been there before. And so we have a, the Bible, we have a compass, our conscience, and we have the Holy Spirit. And God says, I'm going to help you. So you say, well, what in the world's the problem then? I've got some great tools that God has provided. Well, you say here that I get a little confused. Even with everything going on, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And I can't calculate. I can't understand what's going on. And often the problem is we're looking for the wrong things in life. And so I want us to look and ponder the question today, how can I really know the will of God? What are the steps involved? How can I really kind of understand? And I'm going to give you some simple steps here today. We don't have a lengthy amount of time to go into detail but I want to give you five quick steps, and here in just a moment, you might want to write these down. You can use your phone, or, or you might want to note some of these scriptures. But before I, I give you that, I want to remind you of something. You know what? It's all about relationship. I, I had a, a mentor, a, an older pastor, and I was going through this program, and, and that's one of the things he looked at us, uh, you know, and said when he was in his 60s and his 70s, his career has really ended and he says you know as I look back on life it's all about relationship stop and think about it it's all about relationship and uh, you know when we're talking about the will of God here we're talking about being in relationship with God it, it's not rules and regulations it, it's not life mapping it, it's not a lifestyle it's not simple dogma but we're talking about being in relationship to God. We're talking about having this attitude of the heart. We're talking about 
being surrendered and committed to God. God says, I want you to develop a relationship with me. Now, in the Bible, you don't find a lot of tools where it's all laid out. Here's how you get the will of God in your life. But what you do find are hundreds upon hundreds of verses that teach us that God wants a real relationship with you. That's what we find here in the Bible. And why is that? It's because that's the issue. God's will is a relationship. And the closer you get to God... And the more you get to know God, the clearer you're going to see the will of God. It's kind of like this. When I first got married, I needed a lot of guidance as a new husband. And fortunately, my wife was very eager to give it. And she's like, you need to do this and you need to do that and that kind of thing. And she was very upfront with me, giving me all kinds of advice. And now years later, guess what? I know my wife. And I know her well. And she could be sitting here and I'd be knowing what she's thinking. And I can read her like a book, inside and out. And I'm still getting to know her and there's still things about her I don't know, but I know a lot about her. And I can read her and something happens and I just look at her eyes and I know what she's thinking. I know what she's going to do. And you know what? It's vice versa. She knows what I'm thinking. She knows what, how I'm going to react most of the time in any given situation. She knows what I like to eat. She knows what I like to do. I know what she likes to do and what she likes to eat. And she does the same thing with me. Sometimes you just watch the eyes. And that's part of relationship. And the Bible says that God wants you to watch his eyes. You get to know God and suddenly you're going to start checking in and understanding what God is doing in your life, how God wants to lead your life. And suddenly you begin to see a lot of clarity. So having said that, as fundamental what I'm talking about, let me just say to you five simple steps here that you ought to take. Well, in theory, they are simple, but let me give you what they are. First of all, you need to admit that you need guidance. Now, that's a hard part for a lot of people, and especially us guys, because we don't like to look for directions, right? I think we'd all acknowledge guys like to not look for direction. It's not a very manly thing to know. You're out here, and you don't know what you're doing, and uh, it takes a lot of courage to admit, hey, I need guidance. And so right off the bat, there are a lot of people, my friends, that don't look for the guidance. They, they need to admit, hey, I need God. I need the Lord. That's the first step. To admit, hey, there's confusion and I need God in my life. Now, there's a scripture here that spoke to me this week about this. And it's in Psalm 25. And it says, he guides the humble in what's right and teaches them his way. Now, think about that. If you're arrogant, if you're conceited, if you're boastful, if you think you've got it all figured out, God's going to say, well, go for it then. You don't need me. I've had people to tell me, I've been a Christian for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and I just don't feel like God's guiding me. And you know, maybe that's because they've never really admitted to God, I need you. Maybe it's just kind of been a mental thing. Yeah, there's a God and I need God. Maybe it's not been a real conversion and I've given my life to God. You assume you know what to do oftentimes without even praying about it, don't you? You make financial decisions all the time and never consult God. You make career moves and never consult God. 
you do dating kinds of things and relationship kinds of things. You do all sorts of things today, and you never really consult God. You make your vacation plans, and you never consult God. You think you know, but you first might want to admit that you need guidance from God. The first step is saying, God, I need you in my life. I need you. Admit it. A second thing is to ask this is also something that some people just kind of just don't get for some reason. But you ask. In fact, the book of James says, you have not because you ask not. Or how about those wonderful words of Jesus there in the gospel where he said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Think about that. Those three letters, A-S-K, are the things you need to do. Ask, seek, and knock. An acrostic he built already into it. To asking. Now James goes deeper. And here's a scripture, write this down just to remind you. We've kind of preached them through the book of James. But let me remind you this text in James chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. If you want to know what God really wants you to do, ask him. And he will gladly tell you. He always is ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him, but be sure that you really expect him to tell you. And if you don't ask in faith, don't expect the Lord to give any solid answer. Notice a couple of things about this verse, about knowing God's wisdom. First of all, you've got to ask the right person. You've got to ask the right person. You ask God, you don't ask your manicurist, you don't ask your bartender, you don't ask your uh, auto mechanic, you don't ask the horoscopes, you don't go to this or that, but you ask God. And the second thing, notice here in this verse, is you ask with the right attitude, expecting God to answer. Have you ever asked God to lead you, but you really didn't expect to get an answer? A lot of people just kind of nonchalantly or just kind of uh, half-heartedly ask God something, but they don't really mean it. The posture of our heart is to go before God in asking, asking the Lord. Admit you, you need guidance, and then ask in faith for a decision. A third thing that I want to say to you is, is a really important step, and here's another one that we really get mixed up. And it's to actively listen for God's response. And this is where we get off track sometimes. And the honest truth is, we're too busy, aren't we, oftentimes to listen for God's response. We don't have the time. And so we ask then, we, we rush right into our prayer times, and we're just pouring out our heart. God, I need help. God, I need help. I, I'm scared. I'm fearful. I don't know what to do. I need help. I need help. I need help. But we never stop and listen. To what God has to say for us. We have to take time to tune in. We got to take time to listen. Uh, there's an interesting scripture in the book of Job. And of course Job you all know is that person that went through some horrendous suffering in life. And in chapter 33 and verse 14. It says here. God does speak. Sometimes one way, sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. Now, how do you tune in to hear God's voice? In this room, they tell us there's all kind of radio waves right now, but we're not a radio, so we can't tune into it. 
Uh, you can't take your chair that you're seated on right now and tune in and dial in to uh, the radio waves because it's not a radio. It takes a radio to do that. God has designed you to be able to tune in to what he has to say and to hear his voice. The voice of the shepherd. And we are the sheep. And nothing else can tune into God like you can tune into God. How do you tune into God? What are the channels that God uses? I'll give you just a few here. One is as other believers. And I can't tell you through my life the way that God has really revealed things and shown things through other believers. Other disciples that have been living their journey. And you realize how God has worked you know through the Bible, there's all kinds of people that God has worked through, prophets and foretellers and, and evangelists and apostles God has worked through to lead and, and to show and to reveal. We think about life circumstances. A prime example in my life was when I was called to ministry. You know, I was focused on going to medical school. And I, I really loved science, and I loved medicine, and I loved helping other people. And that was my plan. But it was through life circumstances, I think in that case, God had to use a two-before to, to knock me down, to get me to realize, hey, I'm going in the wrong direction. And I know you want to help other people, but that's the wrong direction you need to be going. And through life circumstances, over a period of time, God started revealing to me as I started tuning in and listening. But I want to tell you another way that's a prime way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. Do you know this? God speaks to us through the Bible. A lot of people like to call the Bible the good book. I'd rather call it the guidebook because that's exactly what it is. It's your manual. It's your guidebook. And if you're not having daily devotional time with God, if you're not ever reading the Bible, it's kind of like having your phone off the hook. You're just getting a busy signal. You don't realize that God wants to speak to you. And we call this God's Word. And don't you think we ought to be reading and knowing what God's Word says? And I can't tell you the number of times that God has spoken to me by reading His Word. We need to read the Bible, my friends, actively listening for God's guidance. And the fourth thing I want to say to you is we need to apply trust in God even when we don't understand. Even when we can't see and as human as we are, we can't really tell what's going on, we need to trust in God. And here's a scripture that comes to my mind out of the Old Testament. It's one of my grandmother's favorite scriptures in the Bible and it's become mine out of the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, chapters uh, 3 verses 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Acknowledge God and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean into your own understanding. You know, if you do the trusting, God will do the willing. And often our obedience is tested. We find this repeatedly in Scripture, in the lives of people. We find it even in our lives. How God is constantly helping us to grow and become more and more obedient, more and more faithful at trusting Him. It's a test of our obedience, trust and obey. 
Well, talking about the Mr. Toad ride, I got to have to tell you, as a young person going to Disney World, that was one of my favorite rides as a kid. Uh, there was just something about the, the crazy Mr. Toad ride. I know it's silly uh, as adults, but, you know, you kind of get into this little cart, and it just jerks you all around, and you're going toward this wall, and all of a sudden it opens up. It's really a door, and it jerks you around some more, and you're going toward another, uh, you know, what looks to be a wall, and it, it suddenly opens up. And, you know, isn't that a parable of life? A parable of life. You may be today at what you think is your wit's end. You may be in a cul-de-sac somewhere. You're just spinning your tires. You may think that you're at a dead end. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to solve this problem. I'm never going to figure out my son or daughter's issue. My dream is never going to come true. Sometimes we get frustrated because we're trying to figure everything out. We're even tempted to despair. We're tempted to agony. You have your plans and you realize suddenly, well, they're not God's plans. I didn't understand. I, I, didn't, I didn't kind of check into this. I, I hadn't been praying. I hadn't been listening. But one day, you know what? You look back, just like Tim was kind of indicating in his story, and you realize that God has been there with you. You look back, and I can think of all kinds of things in my life, different circumstances where something was really kind of uncomfortable, some pain kind of came. But that later on, years down the road, you realize five people gave their life to God because of it. God works in so many wonderful ways. And, you know, part of our life as a disciple, my friends, is to apply trust in God sometimes, even when we don't understand and it doesn't make sense. But don't lean to our own understanding, but acknowledge God. And then lastly, I want to say to you another really important step. It's like, duh, act. You know what? You need to act. Act on what you already know to do. Isn't that true? You need to act on what you already know that you need to do. The truth is you already know a lot of things that God wants you to do, right? Uh, so I want to ask, why haven't you done it? Uh, some people keep saying, well, I'll get around to it. Somebody gave me one of those little uh, uh, wooden, uh, looked like a quarter. It said around to it. I'll get around to it one of these days. But you act on what you already know God has told you to do. Very simple stuff. You keep saying, I want to know the will of God for my career. I want to know the will of God for how I should live my life and what I should do. And God said, well, let's get back to the basics. Are you reading your Bible? Are you in a small group? Are you tithing? Have you surrendered your total life to God? Are you praying regularly? The basic things you say, but I want you to know What's really going on, God? I want you to tell me what your plans are. But God says, first the basics. First the relationship. First get to know me. I'm intending to know these things. I'm going to get around to it one of these days. You know what James says about this? James says, anyone who knows the right thing to do but doesn't do it, it's sin. I wonder today if you're really a disciple of Christ. You know, we stopped using the word, a lot of us like the word Christian because it's just such a word that's tossed out there today. I got to ask you, are you a follower of Christ? 
Are you really striving to be in the image of like Christ, be molded and shaped into a disciple? You know, an interesting thing, I was traveling here for a day or two, and I was over in West Lafayette, uh, Indiana, and I stopped the other day at a Dunkin' Donuts. I was just filling breakfast food, and I needed a sugar charge. You know how it is? And I pulled in, and they said, what can I get started for you today? And I said, well, I like a couple of donuts. Sir, we are 100% out of donuts. I'm like, this is a Dunkin' Donuts. You sell donuts, and you don't have donuts. How about a muffin? Sir, we are 100% out of all of our muffins. What would that be like if people came to church here and we weren't worshiping God? People weren't living for the Lord. They'd be like, this is a church, isn't it? You people do believe in God, don't you? You are faithfully following Jesus Christ like you say on your sign. I wonder today if you would act on what you already know to do. Following the Lord's will. You need to admit it, don't you? That you need God's guidance. You need to ask. The Lord said he'd be faithful. Ask, seek, and knock. We need to listen to what God says. Read his word. Get in relationship with God. We need to apply our trust in the Lord. Even though, embrace those uncertainties. Even though... We don't fully understand everything that's happening, but to really trust in God. And fifth, we need to act on what God has already told us to do. I want us to close in a moment a prayer here, just to kind of seek God. And maybe there's one of those steps that you're off track a little bit. And just to kind of think for a moment how you can get back on track building that relationship with God, watching the eyes of God. God, what is it that you want me to do? Maybe I haven't really asked. Maybe I haven't come to you. Maybe I'm not listening. Maybe I've really messed up and I'm not reading the Bible. Maybe I'm not doing the basic things. And I want to get back and I want to be faithful. So let's pray. God, we thank you for being our God. We know these are challenging times. And just like our series motto here is, God, I need you. Each of us need you today. There's so much turmoil and tribulation and issues swirling about. And God, we need you. And each of us in our own individual lives, the journey that you have put us on. Oh God, may we be faithful as your disciples May we come to you for guidance and ask. May our hearts be in that posture of expectancy. May we apply that trust in you, even though we don't understand everything that's going on. And may we act on what you've already told us to do, to live out a life serving you as your son, Jesus Christ. So hear our prayers today. Encourage the hearts of your people and strengthen us for your service. For we ask this in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.